0: For 25 years, we have been Indiana's business news leader. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures and Indiana University.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Gary Dick. Welcome to the premiere of Indiana Business This Week.
0: 1998, the year inside Indiana business hit the airwaves. The
1: Indianapolis Colts select quarterback,
2: University of Tennessee, Peyton Manning.
0: The same year, the sheriff came to town and transformed Indiana into Peyton's place. 25 years ago, we started Googling it, and we're beginning to do it from the palm of our hand. Smartphones, a luxury back then, now a must have. Letterman was still dominating late night. And Inside Indiana Business, well, we were just getting started. Now hitting our silver anniversary. 25 years of reporting on Hoosier innovation and success stories from Lake Michigan to the Ohio River.
1: Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, coming to you this week from downtown Indianapolis. You know, this year, Inside Indiana Business is celebrating 25 years on the air since the first show that aired. In May of 1998, we've aired more than 1,300 shows, more than 8,000 interviews from every corner of the state. And much like the Indianapolis skyline behind me, much has changed in Indiana, in big cities and small towns. We thought this would be a good opportunity to reflect back and to look at progress since that first show. In northwest Indiana, $1.5 billion in improvements to the South Shore Rail Line, talked about for decades are on track to become reality. The double tracking of a 26 mile stretch of the South Shore and the West Lake corridor extension are expected to attract well over $2 billion in private investment and cut the commute time to downtown Chicago by more than 30 minutes. There's certainly a lot of people who doubted that we'd ever be here today, and here, and here we are. So great things can happen, and this is a classic example of when this entire community, this entire region of the state came together to make this happen, to support it, to see the vision, and are, are now I, I'm, I'm convinced there's just wonderful things in the future to come. In Fort Wayne, more than a billion dollars in investment, has transformed a once dormant downtown into a destination and made the Summit City a shining example of Rust Belt recovery. Parkview Field, which opened in 2009, has sparked a renaissance that includes housing, retail, and corporate headquarters. And the $286 million first phase of Electric Works, a live, work, play development on the site of an old General Electric campus.
3: This community is resilient, and, and this is really a, a symbol of that resiliency. Um, we were able to perse- uh, really persevere amidst uh, some major challenges, and um, this is really gonna be a center of innovation and economic uh, development for the next century for this community and region. In
1: 2009, Elkhart had the highest unemployment rate in the nation. In 2022, the RV capital of the world had the nation's lowest unemployment rate, signs of a diversifying economy, and a redeveloping downtown. Nearby, Notre Dame has become a hub for innovation and entrepreneurship. In Southeast Indiana, a former Army Ammunition Base is continuing to emerge as a hotspot for distribution and logistics. River Ridge Commerce Center includes more than 6,000 acres connected to the new Ohio River bridges, the Port of Indiana Jeffersonville, and the UPS World Port in Louisville. And in Evansville, the Stone Family Center for Health Sciences, which opened in 2018, is serving as a magnet for talent and additional investment in the city's downtown attention now turning to the ohio river and the possibility of ambitious quality of life projects stretching from evansville to north vernon we're using ready uh, Ready, ready dollar grant to help us flesh out the vision we've created for the evansville riverfront but we're also going to use that same consultant to help us as a region look at what could be developed in mount vernon and Newburgh, both really nice riverfronts, both have a lot of potential, and we think if we could collaborate and have three really dynamic uh, destinations along the Ohio River, Southwest Indiana will be even a greater destination. And joining me now with some perspective on uh, progress over 25 years, especially in the tech economy, Please be joined by John Wexler. John, the uh, founder and CEO of Spokenote, also so intimately involved in the tech movement, Launch Fishers, Uh, the IoT lab, many other things as well. John, thanks for joining
2: Thank you Gary, appreciate it. Think
1: back to, first of all, a great example of how long you've been around, we've got a picture of the two of us on set uh not 25 looks about 23 years ago so so we've both been around for a long time
2: look at those young men that's a beautiful picture i love that it's great memories uh we we have we've been together uh for a, a pretty fun ride and uh i'd be remiss if i didn't at least say thank you for your support and encouragement over the years for me personally but also to the tech and innovation economy it has really meant uh, meant an awful lot to everyone uh you look back at those days uh, around 2000 uh turn of the clock or 1998-99 and uh, we had some pretty audacious goals really when you look at uh, the start of this whole thing and there was there was skepticism as to whether or not we could build that tech economy here in indiana Uh, it's really amazing to look at that list uh, of six items uh, that we were originally focused on and, and things like. Uh, access to capital and and direct flights and daylight savings was on the yep. list. Yep. Uh, we accomplished an awful lot of that. Still have a little work to do, yeah. but uh, it's been been a fun run. Yeah, nod to
1: Scott Jones on daylight savings because that was a big one for him. But but being connected to the rest of the uh, the world, the rest of the country, uh, be it uh, uh, direct flights, nonstop flights
2: daylight saving time. Uh, Those have been uh, you know, pluses and wins for the economy. Absolutely, and I I don't think it's as much about whether or not uh, we do it, but it's uh, it's whether or not we're synchronized with everyone else, right? And I think that plays into all kinds of other issues. Legislatively, are we synchronized with where the world is headed long-term? And uh, I think that really helps us attract talent and build companies here in Indiana. There was a lot of focus on creating
1: what they refer to as a, a tech ecosystem. And again, a lot of skepticism. Is, is it really going to work, especially outside of central Indiana? But there are certainly a lot of signs that that is, in fact, happening. You look at the co-working passport, dozens of these co-working spaces all over Indiana.
2: Yeah, it's, it's exciting to me to go to the, the far-flung areas and go across the state. You go to small towns, whether it's Terre Haute, uh, your neck of the woods in Vigo County, or you go to Huntingburg and look at their uh, you know, uh, current blend, uh, their co work We have 60 plus now of those locations around the state all working together to make sure that the state's innovation economy is healthy and strong.
1: Challenges remain, no question about it. And I think you would say top of the list is capital formation.
2: I think so. Uh, When I think back 25 years ago, uh, obviously the the names have changed a little bit, uh, but the story is the same. And uh, our early stage entrepreneurs have done a whole lot better at finding capital, seed stage, series A kind of capital. But the real challenge is in that growth stage, and and that causes the entrepreneurs to have to tap out a little early, whether it's selling the company earlier than they wish, because it's really hard for them to find access to that capital. Mm -hmm. That's probably the next big challenge for the state. I remember 25 years ago, a lot of uh, site selection consultants and those types types
1: of people said, Indiana wasn't wasn't on their radar screen. Uh, that obviously has changed. How, how, how much has the profile of Indiana changed over these 25 years nationally?
2: Oh, it's, it's been incredible. When you look at some of the biggest projects uh, in the country, uh, looking at Indianapolis and the regional economy that exists, uh, if you look at from Lafayette down to Bloomington over to Muncie uh, and, and throw that central Indiana overlay, you know we compete favorably with major tech economies uh, across the country whether it's DC whether it's the silicon valley uh, our our strengths here are undeniable with our access to uh, amazing talent out of these universities and, and companies are recognizing that, and I think we're gonna to continue to see great at bats.
1: As we look to the next 25 years, do you see this as a bit of a tipping point? You mentioned universities are really engaged in this process as well. We've got great public and private institutions.
2: I think you're you're right on it with the university focus. And when you look at Indianapolis and what's gonna happen, I think it's super exciting with uh, Purdue University and Indiana both kind of charting their, their courses here. But collectively, I think we're gonna see a lot of strength in that. Uh, and that's really going to attract more investment, uh, more outside capital uh, into our state. And uh, I think the the future is very bright. I, 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 let's hope we don't invest another 25 years in making that happen. When you say a quarter century, it makes me feel a little a little older uh, than I might like. But uh, it's been it's been a fun run, and uh, looking forward to the next 25. All right, John Wetchler, CEO at SpokeNote. John, thanks very Thank much. Thank you, Gary. I
1: Appreciate all you do as well. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coming up next, 1998. Market Square Arena and the RCA Dome were still standing. And then number 18 came to town. How that changed and shaped the sports tourism game in central Indiana and beyond. Gary, it hardly seems possible it's been 25 years since you invented Indiana's Better Mousetrap. And on behalf of all the mice that you've hosted over those years. I just want to say thanks and congratulations. I can't help but say that in a time in which uh, quality credible journalism is in short supply and shrinking all the time, you remain a tremendous example of uh, how to serve the public well uh, in what we uh, have always thought is an indispensable part of our democracy. And so I just want to say, uh, in addition to congratulations, Don't take your foot off the gas. Uh, Indiana and your viewership need you as never before. The Indianapolis Colts select quarterback, University of Tennessee, Peyton Manning. April 18, 1998, a day that would change the face of Indianapolis sports, tourism, and the city's skyline. The Indianapolis Colts selection of Peyton Manning with the number one pick in the NFL draft would ultimately be largely responsible for Lucas Oil Stadium and Indy hosting a Super Bowl and much more. Mary Rachel Redmond is standing by just outside of the stadium that Peyton built with more. Mary Rachel.
0: Well, Gary, who knew that that one pick would quite literally change the landscape of Indianapolis from a new football stadium, a Super Bowl, a children's hospital, and a boost to the city's tourism industry that continues even today, more than two decades since number 18's arrival in the Circle City.
3: The Indianapolis Colts select quarterback, University of Tennessee, Peyton Manning. When you think back to 1998 and Peyton getting picked, I don't think anyone in our city could have realized how he would have physically changed the city's skyline, emotionally changed how we care for little people, and would have ultimately helped brand our city and bring other major sporting events and conventions. And if you connect all those dots, one player, one draft pick, did all of that. Peyton Manning,
0: four touchdown passes Peyton put Indy back on the map.
3: As the Colts progressed with with Peyton, we got more uh, big-ticket primetime games. Over his 14 seasons, we got to host 51 home games. And during those 51 home games, we've tracked more than a thousand TV commercial breaks, where the national TV comes out of Lucas Oil and pans to the city skyline, showing White River State Park and Monument Circle and Indianapolis beauty shots, which is invaluable when you're helping attract major sporting events and conventions, from the Super Bowl to hosting March Madison totality, from the College Football Playoff National Championship to. Conventions like Gen Con and the Fire Department Instructors Conference.
0: And Manning's success Endo's gave the Circle the City some much-needed swag.
3: Hotel it, projects, new run. restaurants, uh, museums, the, the vibrancy of Indianapolis. Uh, we kind of got our swagger, and Peyton helped us find that. Helped us believe in ourselves, helped us have confidence in expanding a convention center and building a new stadium and you know, bringing on a new airport terminal and building the JW Marriott. Looking at uh, all the bits and pieces that are that are Indianapolis, uh, those came online during Peyton's time. Peyton Manning and his NFL debut.
0: Amazing how that one big decision 25 years ago, not only by the Colts, but by you too, Gary, when you launched Inside Indiana Business in 1998. Two brands that have unquestionably had a lasting impact on the state of Indiana. Back to you.
1: Coming up next, how Indiana has become a major player in the life sciences sector. More on what is now a multi-billion dollar industry for the state.
4: Gary, happy 25th. Really appreciate you. And just wanna thank you for always being on point, always being flexible, always being current on your interviews and everything you're doing and most of all for your fantastic support of Indiana businesses. We all really appreciate you and keep going and we look forward to the next 25 years.
0: At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at pnc.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group, Bank. all rights reserved.
1: This is the largest manufacturing investment at a single location in Lilly's 147 year history. That's Eli Lilly and company CEO Dave Ricks at the April groundbreaking for a $3.7 billion manufacturing campus at the Leap Innovation District in Lebanon, the largest economic development deal in Indiana history. Lilly is today the largest market cap pharmaceutical company in the world a cornerstone in the state's life sciences sector, which has also grown exponentially in terms of size and global reputation over the past 25 years. According to Bio Crossroads, the state's life sciences sector has increased in value by about $50 billion over the last 25 years. Its economic impact to the state has nearly tripled from $32 billion to more than $80 billion. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta joins us now from a hub for innovators That was just a dream 25 years ago.
4: Thanks, Gary. 16 Tech has been open since 2020. It brings together academic institutions, industry, government, and community. And perhaps that's why it's such a good indicator of how the progress in all four of those areas has grown the life sciences. 16 tech innovation district is just one mark of Indiana's changed mindset the life sciences sector of 25 years ago didn't think outside the company doors of a handful of corporations and major universities
2: I think going back 20 years I, none of us really imagined a 16 tech environment and what it would be what its purpose would be but it wasn't clear that there was a you know much interaction or even you know a lot of um, Uh, concept of creating a a, a biotech
4: corridor. Indiana Biosciences Research Institute President and CEO Dr. Alan Palkowitz believes the vision of a handful of people and the creation of initiatives like Bio Crossroads in 2002 changed the destiny of Indiana's life sciences sector. The game plan? Take what was already here and grow. Create small companies to complement those giant corporations. Attract investment and venture capital and expand the talent base.
2: That early vision 25 years ago, and now fast forward, we've seen a lot of progress and that really com- coming to life around us.
4: The economic impact of the life sciences sector has exploded from $32 billion in the early 2000s to about $80 billion today. One, two, three! <laughs> Groundbreaking for a bridge that will expand 16 Tech is evidence that innovation is alive and kicking. But it wasn't always this way. In 2001, only four venture capital transactions in the life sciences for a total of $14 million. Today, $620 million secured by 37 companies. Another major indicator of growth, university R&D. $282 million in 2001 has tripled, now approaching the $1 billion mark.
2: The system is primed, if you will. If we project forward and, and all the pieces come together. I think there is no reason whatsoever that Indiana can stand shoulder to shoulder uh, on a relative basis with the East and West Coast in, in the years to come. I think uh, all, the, all the ingredients are here.
4: 25 years ago, Indiana's life sciences sector was very much defined by a few large corporations and the universities. Now it's much more diverse with small companies and entrepreneurs also helping to shape tomorrow. Gary, back to you. When we come back, a
1: trip down memory lane from every corner of the state, Indiana's economic evolution over a quarter century and what's next.
2: Hi, Jeff Rae, President CEO South and Regional Chamber here giving greetings from northern Indiana where we're saying thank you and congratulations to Inside Indiana Business for 25 years of exceptional reporting on business stories from every corner of the state. I want to congratulate Gary Dick, the entire team and say thank you for the good work you do helping grow Indiana's economy.
1: Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 Realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. Well, Indiana has come a long way since 1998. The state is still very much a global manufacturing hub, but there are lots of examples of cities and towns, big and small, making moves to adapt to a changing innovation-based economy, investing in infrastructure and quality of life projects aimed at the next 25 years. What's changed? Ten years after we took off, so did Indiana's capital city, taking a bold new step when it comes to air travel. A new $1 billion state-of-the-art airport opening in Indianapolis in 98. Nearly 9 million passengers moving through Indianapolis International these days. There's now a faster way to get from Evansville to Indy, thanks to the new $4 billion I-69 extension. A key Indiana intersection for research, technology, and science was just beginning to take shape. We visited Purdue's Discovery Park District in 2018. All part of the Purdue Research Park, the largest university-affiliated park in the entire country. Another coup for the park, the aft for the military's new T-7A Red Hawk being built at Saab's new $37 million facility there. North on I-65, the next generation of clean energy, growing out of Hoosier farm fields. Israel-based Doral Renewables building the largest solar project in the country in Stark and Pulaski counties, a $1.5 billion investment. Kokomo reinventing its rich automotive heritage, leading Indiana's charge to become an EV hub. Stellantis building a $2.5 billion battery manufacturing facility in the city that produced the country's first mechanically powered vehicle. A Hoosier manufacturing comeback also unfolding in Wayne County. Welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. Coming to you this week from Richmond. From global giants like Cummins in Columbus, Toyota in Princeton, and Honda in Greensburg, to the Crane Naval Surface Warfare Center in Greene County, to Mojo in the Wabash Valley. Well there are signs of economic momentum in downtown Terre Haute. To the small but mighty giants like Oliver Winery in Bloomington, Indiana Furniture in Jasper, and Bad Dad Brewing in Fairmount. Indiana's 92 counties are getting on an economic roll, billions of dollars in investment, thousands of new jobs, a state building off its rich economic past, As a bridge to the future. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's show. We hope you've uh, enjoyed this look back at 25 years of the Indiana economy. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television Podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at insideindianabusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.